Episode 411 of the Thumbstick Athletes Podcast. I'm your host, Dan. I'm Will. Corey. Today's topic is going to be Felseal Arbiter's Mark. Uh, this is a tactical uh, Final Fantasy Tactics-esque RPG that Corey found and recommended all of us. And uh, we've since played played quite a bit. I know Will and Corey ended up playing quite a bit more than I did, but uh, I played a, played a decent amount myself. So that's going to be our main topic for this week. Does anyone have anything they want to tease for later on the episode? Man, I don't think so. No. Uh, Pokemon Sword and Shield, direct news from this morning. We'll be talking about later on in the episode. Uh, a lot of nibble bits, some pre-E3 stuff to talk about. I also played Outer Wilds, which I will talk briefly about, because I, I would like to do an episode on it. Um, so that'll be during uh, what we played also, Val's going to come down at some point and give her impressions of the three most recent rookie camp games she did, which were Inside, Fallout 4, and Lovers in a Dangerous Space Time, which we played together on this most recent episode of Rookie Camp. So, Oh! Yeah. So that's going to be later on. Uh, so, yeah, let's get into our main segment on Felseal Arbiter's Mark. Now, Corey, first of all, I want to know how you came across this game uh, and, and what made you decide to buy it ultimately because it wasn't i i had never heard of it and you know we usually like to keep on the up and up on indie games in general but also this type of game that i feel like that's been lacking you know yeah so uh one thing that motivates me to purchase a game is time if i ha if i know i have a lot of time coming up or a weekend i know i'm going to be home um the wallet's a little bit looser and that happened a few weeks ago at this point, maybe a month ago at this point. I'm not sure. I think the game came out at the end of April or middle of April. I honestly have no idea. I think it was in April. Yeah. Yeah, it was the end of April, I'm pretty sure. But I had a free weekend around the time it came out. And the way I try to figure out which games to purchase is I start with Steam. Um, I'll go to Steam and look at the new and trending games and see what's going on there, see if anything jumps out at me. Uh, usually it's... <laughs> I mean, this isn't the best way to do it, and it's probably not the most fair, but um, sp speaking of time, like it's the most efficient way for me to figure out what I want to buy is I just look at the Steam score. And if it's 80 or above and I like everything I see, then I'll go and maybe read a review or two, watch some gameplay videos, and then from there uh, I'll make the purchase. I very rarely do that for a full-priced game. Um, that takes a little bit more convincing that that's why i was surprised that you had bought yeah. it because it's it's new usually we wait for a sale for that that sort of thing uh, i don't do much window shopping for video games unless they're steeply discounted but yeah yeah that's why i wanted to know what your thought process was for for buying it because i was i was surprised you were like hey guys this game looks kind of cool and then a few hours later i think i think you told us that you had, had bought it so yeah i mean it checked all the boxes it's uh looked like a final fantasy tactics uh game Mm -hmm. I, I, rip off's not the right word what's the tribute no. yeah tribute spiritual yeah. successor type of thing yeah right. like tribute spiritual successor right and that was very obvious from the gameplay videos that i watched so um and from there like the steam scores i think were in the 90s and then open critic had it uh like the sixth best rated game of the year so far or something like that so i was like all right i gotta i gotta do this mm-hmm 
Um, and it was a mid-tier, $25 game or $30 yeah, game. Yeah, I think it's 30 Yeah, I think it was 30 Yeah, so it, was, it wasn't too bad. Okay. Money well spent. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. I, so far, I've, I like what I played. So well, let's talk about it, because you, uh, you, know, you bought it, convinced us to buy it. Uh, what are your thoughts so far? I really like it. It has that addictive quality that I like in games nowadays. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I always say whether it's manipulating me into being addicted to it or whether I just like it so much, either way works for me. The goal for me is just to kind of get lost in something, and this game's really good at that. I think um, as much as I love the gameplay and the character customization, I think that's the, the bread and butter of the game. I, yep. I found myself really disinterested in the story, especially towards the end. I tried to follow it in the beginning, mm-hmm. uh, but it never really hooked me. And then towards the end, I just like I still I'll still read what the characters are saying, but I'm not really processing what's going on. Yeah, uh-huh. I, I mean, I kind of got the, that's again talking about Final Fantasy Tactics. That was always kind of my thing too. Like I never really understood the story or what was happening, other than you know uh, a few odds and ends of the story I would pick up here and there. But it was more about about the gameplay, and that's that's what was fun, and mastering the classes and learning the intricacies of the of the systems and stuff. And one thing I think that separates Final Fantasy Tactics um, is I'm with you. Like the story was a little hard to follow, mm-hmm. but that game had uh, character like likable characters. I don't. I feel like Felseal is missing that too. Yeah. There's there's no characters I I feel endeared to or that I really care about. Mm-hmm. Um, there was one that I started being interested in, but then I don't know. I just, the story just kind of passed me by, and I stopped caring. But uh, and I think the reason for that is all the characters in Felseal have a very similar voice in that their dialogue is all the same. Yeah. Um, one character could be saying something, but it, it's written in such a way that it sounds like it could be coming from any of the other characters, with the exception of a couple mm-hmm. uh, that do have a unique voice. But it's just a lot of the com- uh, conversing is very basic yeah, similar know. yeah it's very similar i could see yeah. that mm-hmm. so that's my that's my ten thousand foot view but uh, i do really really love the the customization the the character abilities are a little bit thinner than they are in final fantasy tactics but part of me likes that because i mean i've mastered four or five classes for all of my characters at this point uh just by as soon as they master move on to the next one mm-hmm. i don't spend any time like just sitting on a mastered class just because it works really well i'll just immediately jump out of the next thing just to see what kind of cool combinations i can come up with um so that's really fun and the items they do a really good job with the items yeah i definitely prefer the item system in this one than than final fantasy tactics yeah we'll we'll probably keep using that as a baseline because it's the most similar to final fantasy tactics so yeah and I was trying to think like other games that have have similar types of gameplay, and I I don't think any of them come even close to the quality of of the combat that Final Fantasy Tactics does. And I was thinking of games like Massive Chalice, uh, which kind of had something like that, you know, the strategic hex mm-hmm. or uh, square grid. I don't even remember what what system they used. And then I was thinking of like the Banner Saga, but those like I don't know those matches just there was no ebb and flow of battle. Um, which is something Felseal does really well and happened mm-hmm. a lot in Final Fantasy Tactics. Like, I can't tell you how many times I had one miss that just ruined my game in, in Felseal. I've already had that too, so... I, yeah. I hope, yeah. Which is frustrating, <laughs> but it, it, it fortunately, unlike... Um, what's that? XCOM. Uh, it works both ways in that I've had some really fortunate hits that have turned the tide of battle fully mm-hmm. for me, so... 
Um, I really like that aspect of it. Will, you sounded like you were about to say something. I was actually going to make a comment. I When you get a little bit later in the game, um, some of the fights get pretty difficult, in my opinion. So I've had moments where I have it under control, have it under control, and I'm like about to kill a character who's like really tough and giving me a hard time, and I'll miss. And then it's just like a avalanche of just bad luck for me the rest of that round, and I end up losing that fight. So it's funny you say that one miss can really just wreck your whole your whole uh, uh, game because I've had that happen a lot to me today because I put a lot of time into it today. <laughs> yeah, and it's uh, it's it is at times frustrating too because it does feel like if it's you know eighty five percent or higher chance of hitting, it feels like it only hits fifty percent of the time. Yep. Yeah, that that seems like a very low percentage. Yep. Yeah, I agree. Which is... that 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 that's kind of a a staple of RNG though, isn't it? I mean, it I is. Just, I just like, didn't look... feel like that ever happened in in Final Fantasy Final Fantasy Tactics. If it was ninety five percent, you were you were gonna hit, you know, ninety five t- times out of a hundred. Well, who knows? Maybe they had a bug in their code, and you know, it was actually like ninety five meant a hundred percent. Yeah, knows? it could be. But, uh, like, I don't know. I don't even know if that's necessary because uh, Mario Rabbids did similar gameplay without doing that. It was, what was it, 0%, 50%, and 100%? I chance think so. Yeah, I think you, you had a 50% chance in, in cover, 100% chance if they were out, and then, yeah, 0% chance if they were behind full cover. Perfect. So I I think part of the problem is our mindset because I think when I see eighty five percent hit in my head I'm like oh that's a hundred that's gonna hit you know there is a slight chance it will miss so it sticks out in your head because you're like oh this is definitely gonna hit I have a really high percentage so when you do miss you get livid um, <laughs> as I always do and I'm like okay I guess there is a fifteen percent chance that I do miss so okay. I'm actually uh, in the opposite boat where I assume 80 to 85 is, is going to miss. It's not a high <laughs> enough percentage for me, and I adjust my strategy accordingly. You, you, you like, all right, I'm probably going to miss this, so you have a backup strategy. It's the poor, poor luck thing, too, you know, that, that, yeah. that factors into, into all of this. So uh, one of the things I do like, too, is the multi-classing, I think, is done really well in this game. Yeah. Um, because you just you know you you pick the abilities of a second class uh, you know whichever one that you have any abilities for you just plunk it down there and you have have those abilities to to use um, it's really easy also the classes are very very cool mm-hmm. I was actually gonna bring that up yeah I, what I like most about the game is how unique a lot of the classes are because mm-hmm. you have your staple kind of like mender being the white mage the right. wizard being the black mage but you also have some really cool ones like the fell blade uh where you just apply magic to your blade that can do um debuffs to the enemy uh the war mage which i've been running Kyrie, who's the main character as a war mage and uh marked and like she's a powerhouse so mm-hmm. it's like you can do a lot of really cool combinations and um, not to spoil it, but there's you know badge classes that I'm not going to talk about, but like some of them are really cool what they can do. Yeah. Uh, so you can really customize the characters, and it's a really cool thing that they did in this game. Yeah, not just classes, yeah. but when you recruit a soldier from the guild, you get to customize their their outfit, their 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 hat, their look. Um, you can have them wear either the class armor or just a custom custom outfit that you want it's up it's up to you which is 
Also very cool. Did you guys roll everybody with the same team color? No. I changed no? mine up a little bit. Uh, yeah, I did. At a certain point, I switched them all to be white. Okay. Yeah. Mine were purple. That's what I went with. Yeah. Nice. It's cool that you can do that. I like that a lot. It just kind of helps you keep track of them on the battlefield a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, werewolf class? Has anyone played a werewolf? Yep. Oh, yeah. Okay. I, I just got to the point where one of my characters could be a werewolf. Uh, so I, have, I haven't actually tried it out yet, but... That's, I don't know that's if it's. Neat. I don't know if it's the werewolf class that's sucky, but my werewolf guy is really sucky. Oh really? Yeah, he gets killed like first hit almost every time. Oh boy. Uh, glass cannon is that what it is? Maybe. Yeah, yeah, but he doesn't do enough damage to really even give him give him that label. Okay. The werewolf is supposed to be like kind of like a berserker unit. It's mm-hmm. supposed to it's supposed to do a lot of damage, but can die pretty easily because it's got a little bit lower on the the defensive. Okay. Um. At least that's what the werewolf I was using for a bit, how I played him. So, gotcha. Yeah. That's one thing I noticed about this game too. That's a little bit different from Final Fantasy Tactics is the importance of debuffs and buffs. Oh um, my god! <laughs> you can't, you can't really like. You, there, I guess there are strategies where you can, but uh, in Tactics, you would just like focus on one character and just try to take him out as quickly as possible. Mm-hmm. Uh, whereas in this game, you can't really do that because you can't do enough damage in a short enough time period. And there's a lot of healing on the other end, too. Yeah, a lot uh, more healing, kinda... a lot more using potions, a yeah. lot more even reviving dead characters, too. Yeah, I would I would argue that the artificial intelligence in this game is far superior mm-hmm. um, to, to tactics uh, because there is a little bit of strategy involved. Even the way, like, I noticed the characters, the enemies positioning themselves, like, leaving an open spot for me to come and attack, only for me not to realize that the reason they did that is so that they can shove me off a cliff or shove me into water or stuff like that. Uh-huh. Um, it's just smart little things like that that you would have never seen in Final Fantasy Tactics that I really like. Yeah, yeah. They, I mean, it was a long time ago, but the AI was kind of dumb. In a lot of in a lot of cases, like you had to have a character near death, and the enemy would leave them alone to go hit another character that's almost full health, and you yeah. just don't see that in 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 Felseal. They'll they'll execute you and every time you know you you can't leave that sort of stuff to chance in this one and the way that i play these types of games i like to make a really powerful team that can just wipe the floor really quickly so i almost never go for buffs and debuffs and stuff like that so like i've been having a hard time like there was that one fight that i talked about earlier Corey, in our group chat where i just could not do it because it was just so unfair with how much the other team was buffing me or buffing themselves debuffing me with some other abilities i was like i don't know if i'm ever gonna be able to beat this but i was able to finally pull it off so like i've had to kind of adjust what i do a little bit to make me a little bit more able to get through this game which i think i just beat by the way nice oh all right congrats thank you i saw credits at least i don't know if there's anything else after the dialogue but who knows i guess we'll find out you can, mm-hmm. you can tell us live if there's any, anything else. Yeah, so, um, I mean, my first my first experience with the game was watching Corey play on on Twitch uh, after he had, had bought it and, and had told us to, to play it. And I think the thing that stood out to me the most at first was, was the art style. Um, I think we not... We didn't make fun of it, but we 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 thought the character models looked a little weird. They and they moved kind of woodenly, like marionettes. 
uh, which was mm-hmm. a little weird at first, but after I ended up really liking the art style, um, and I like how flexible it is. Like I said, with being able to to customize the looks of your of your troops and stuff. So um, I ended up really liking the, the the art style. the The music is really good too. Uh, the battle music. I'll I'll get the 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 typical battle theme stuck in my head after after yeah. long hours. <laughs> they really did like they 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 cared. They put the polish in all the right places to to hit the nostalgia notes mm-hmm. for Bell Seal. Um, you can tell that they grew up loving Final Fantasy Tactics. Yes, uh, I should say the developer is it's One C Games, I believe. Yeah, Six Eyes, Six Eyes. One C is the publisher, Six Eyes is the developer. Yeah. Um. So yeah, good stuff. Um. The um another another thing I really like about the game that a lot of more modern strategy RPGs just fail miserably at is the map design mm-hmm. yeah there are some really cool maps just the layout and the way you can use the layout to your advantage or your disadvantage um i also really love how there's components that you can collect on the maps and treasures treasure tri- tra- oh, chests about that. that can be difficult to get to but are usually really rewarding um sometimes they require a little bit of cus- character customization like i found one that was uh, suspended all by itself, like in a pool of poison, that you just kind of have. You have to get floating boots in order to go and open that treasure chest, uh, which I don't think I have found yet. So, I'm anxious to see what's in there because usually those things have some pretty cool items in it. And it's just another la- a fun layer to combat. To so after you beat a node, um, it opens up for you to do a patrol, which is just basically like an exhibition that you can still get experience for and uh, grind out some levels, but uh, gives you a reason to go back and do that to get those treasure chests because those items are usually pretty good. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and and I wanted to talk about crafting too because that's another obviously new addition from the Final Fantasy Tactics games. Um, but you even craft upgrades to your items, which I talked about liking the item system. In this one, you just have uh, you every mission, instead of needing to micromanage your items in addition to everything else, you just have... When you start uh, start a battle, you have the amount, however many items that you're supposed to have at the start of a battle, um, and you upgrade them. So you upgrade their effectiveness, but you also upgrade uses uh, with with the components like you talked about that you find uh, from killing enemies. And I I think that's a really good system. It's you know less every time you go into a town buying uh, you know fifty healing potions, you just yeah. don't worry about it. You know, yeah. Which, incidentally, one of the strongest um, abilities, I think, in the game is the Peddler's... What is it called? Pat, patented Usage? Oh, um, yeah. I haven't played that yeah, character so yet. So it's, it's, an, it's an ability the Peddler has that allows them to use items as area of effect. So mm. towards late game, you can get a potion that heals like 300 or 500 or 999 damage. And if you use Patented Usage, you can use it on you know all characters in a 5 area cross that's awesome area cross yeah see that sort of stuff opens up you know neat combos like uh, all the different things that the characters can do because you you talked about the peddler i think was it last week or two weeks ago when you were on Mm -hmm. and how how they lay traps all over the place for for enemies i just i finally came across an an enemy peddler and i just unlocked it myself um it's that's pretty cool even the reactionary abilities like it's it's so smart you think like back in the tactics days like the best one was to have was just counter counter yeah or uh, hamado the one that attacked before the the enemy attacks but in this game like my best uh trigger ability is slow 
So I have my main warrior that goes out on the front lines that everybody's always attacking. Their counter is slow. So every time that character is attacked, it's countering with slow on all the enemies and really just putting a damper on their, hmm. their initiative. That's a good strategy. Yeah, it's working out pretty well. Um, and I mean, that's just the strategy I came up with. There's yeah. so many others out there. I, I just really love how, how well that, that part of the game came together. Yeah. Uh, I also like that there isn't permadeath in the game. Yep. So, you like, I always almost restarted battles uh, a lot of times when I would lose a character to, uh, uh, you know, it, especially one of the, a character that I had a long time in Final Fantasy Tactics. If they died, I would, I would you know, scrub and, and start over if I, if I could. Uh, I, there's not that in this game. They just get knocked out of the battle with an injury. Uh, how long do injuries last? It seems like a long time, but I have a couple characters with two or three injuries, so... You need one battle. So every one battle um, of them not participating of cures not, one, one injury. Oh, okay, of them not participating. That's the key thing there. Because I would yeah. bring, a, I, you know, some of them are on my more main characters. Like I think Anodyne has has two injuries because she was yep. she had just started a new class and was not very powerful. Uh, so, yeah. Okay. I think, I'm not sure what the drawback is. I know they regenerate mana slower. What, if in, they haven't... If they have an injury in their, battle, their stats are lowered too. Yeah, all their okay. stats are lower. Yeah. <clears throat> okay, so I'll have to sideline them for a couple patrols. Yeah. Uh, another tip: um, definitely buy some characters. Uh, only because, as we're talking about, like when your characters start building up injuries, it's nice to have a fresh roster that you can just slot in and out without having to go and grind just to get rid of some injuries. Mm-hmm. Um, I've never really had to grind. I did a couple times just because I wanted to unlock some cool abilities before some difficult battles. Um, but if you just keep a... I think my roster is 12 characters. If you just keep a, a steady a steady roster of, of that size, you can keep just cycling characters in and out. And it, it kind of makes it more fun, too, because you get to experiment with different combinations more. Hmm. Yeah, so I actually had, like, maybe nine characters that I would cycle through. Um, and use so like when a couple guys got hurt and I don't know I don't like using the same classes over and over again so I like to have the variety in the in the team too to make it a little bit more interesting um, yeah yeah but real quick where I wanted to bring it back to the map design because mm-hmm. I loved the map design and when I played a game like Banner Saga the maps were just so boring it's never flat. flat nothing to it um with this, when I played it, I was worried that there was going to be maps like that. Um, and I'm really happy that, no, there's actually a lot of variety and cool designs. There's elevation, stuff like that. Because it makes a character like the gunner so much more fun to use. Because you can have my, like my female gunner, like I would just have the height advantage thing where it does more damage the higher that uh, she was. Yeah. With the assassin ability where you dual wield. So like I would just shoot two bullets and like do... 300 damage like for a basic attack and like that was just a really cool uh combo that you can do um, yeah because just you... just to add to that if you give your character i forget what they're called the void boots or something like that they can basically teleport any height mm-hmm. so they could just immediately jump to the top of a tower and yep yeah cause a ton of damage there's a bat or there is a badge class that uh ignores all that too which is uh, a passive ability which is really cool and makes it Makes that class a lot of fun to use as well. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, I haven't I haven't gotten that far to unlock all that cool stuff. 
there's a lot of really cool and unique stuff that you, that you can do in the game. And there's side stuff that the game doesn't really call attention to that's pretty cool, too. Like, uh, I just was wandering around the map, and I ended up finding some random occurrences that happened that, you know, the, the game didn't call attention to it in any way. It's just because I was exploring that I found them. Hmm. Uh, found some pretty cool side quests to do, which was fun. I hope they could do more with this game. I, I can't I can't imagine it's a, it's a one-off. I think it's... I don't know how it's been selling, but I think it's... Uh, uh, what's the word? Reverberating pretty well with people that like this kind of game. Yeah, it's so, it's got a good review or a good rating on on Steam right now. Yeah, it seems like the ending that I got, which is the first one. There's there's I guess two. It seems like they're set up for a sequel. There's multiple endings. Yeah. Ooh, how does what what do you, what can you do in game to influence the ending? I'm not a hundred percent sure. I, one thing I know, I'm actually looking right now because I'm not sure, but you know the the like the the stone tablet thing that you got one of. Yeah, the hinge tablet or hinge yeah, fragment. You, yeah, you need the other three to do, and I, something happens where you have something that'll help you with the final fight that can help. Gotcha. Okay. Change change the ending. I think I only how many fragments are there? I think I have three. There's four. Wow, you got three of them. I only had one. Yeah, one of them I found by wandering the map. Really? Yeah. Hmm. I'm sure they're in hard-to-reach chests, too, on... I think, actually, maybe one of them I harvested from an enemy. I'm not surprised. Mm. Steel component kill? Yeah. Yeah. That's or, like, all... or, like, one of the, like, collect bounties or something like that, maybe? I don't know. Those, those skills are a lot more valuable than I thought when I would be when I was playing, because, like, I never did it, and, like, I'm seeing people like, oh, yeah, if you did that, you get... These cool components, and I'm like, huh. Yeah, well, some of the some of the crafted equipment is really good too. Um, mm -hmm. Some of my best equipment right now is crafted. A couple weapons that I crafted before the final fight came in, like, really handy because it was just like that much better than what I could get from the from the store. But, mm -hmm. yeah, no, I, Dan, I I love this game. I'm excited. Uh, do you think you're gonna wait for a Switch release before you play more? I don't know. I, I have to see if I can get myself reconnected to Corey's library. Oh, yeah, Corey, I was telling Will before we started, I, I was playing, you know, obviously your version on Steam through the, the family share. Mm -hmm. I went to play a little more today, and I, for whatever reason, lost access to your your Steam library today. What? Cause I even today, played, huh? Yeah, I even played a bunch yesterday, so. Weird. I wonder if it if it matters whether I'm, like, logged into steam on my laptop or my desktop would that change anything for you maybe might mm. uh but it does have cloud share too which is nice because i played a little bit on my desktop down here and i played a little bit on the computer upstairs yeah uh, so th that's been very convenient too and just to add to that it runs pretty well on low spec it yeah. runs fine on my work laptop and that's not meant for gaming at all yeah my uh my my upstairs computer my wife's computer is just a intel hd integrated graphics um yeah it's many years old and it ran fine both uh also with keyboard and mouse it works perfectly fine or a controller works perfectly fine yeah so um it's also i, I will's playing on ps4 uh it's also on xbox 360 and they are planning on a switch release so uh, they better yeah i i will i will definitely buy the game again and, and play it on switch when it comes out so or buy it and play it on switch i'm playing Corey's version right now so 
but yeah, I've been, I've been thoroughly impressed with it. I, I've I've enjoyed my time with it. Uh, like you said, you guys said the little bit of frustration with the RNG and uh, also not not following the story all that much. But uh, other than that, it's it's a solid game and uh, an easy thirty dollar purchase if you've ever played played and liked a tactical game like Final Fantasy Tactics or Tactics uh, or the any of the Ogre Tactics games or even like Fire Emblem. I think I think you would like like this type of game. So. Yeah. Uh, anyone have any thoughts on Felseal Arbiter's Mark? Worth no, the play for sure. I think you summed it up succinctly, Dan. Yeah, it was uh, it was quite good. Uh, all right, Will, do you want to get started with the Pokemon Direct news? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so yeah, that was this morning I... at nine o'clock. There was a Pokemon Direct for for Sword and Shield, so they announced some new details and. Had a little new, new gameplay, so go ahead, Will. I have a lot of other new bits. You want to do them after we do the the direct and mm-hmm. everything? Yeah. Okay. Yep. So today, uh, there was, as Dan said, at 9 a.m., there was a Pokemon Direct for the new game Sword and Shield, and we got a lot of info out of it, which is, um, I think most of it's pretty exciting. I know, Dan, you were you weren't cool on the game, but you weren't, too impressed with what you saw uh during the first direct like yeah. earlier in the year i wasn't uh, which... well i wasn't jazzed about when i watched it this time either but a lot of it was because i was just distracted because i was it was at nine and i was trying to feed my twins breakfast and they were being really fussy uh when i watched it again later i got more of the understanding of what was going on and i i was happy with with everything that i saw so yeah so uh before I get into it, a lot of people, a lot of the complaints that people had about the first uh, trailer and everything kind of got answered in this. Uh, so for starters, they announced that it's coming out November 15th. Um, not too far off. It's going to be taking place, as we all know, in the Galar region, which is kind of based on England. Uh, and as you're watching a lot of it, you can see a lot of the, the English ties to mm-hmm. uh, to the region. I think they did a really good job with that. Um, a couple things. Uh, there are there's a play with your friends feature, which is kind of advanced for Nintendo because, as far as I know, we can't really link up in games, right? When we when we play multiplayer games, other than Smash. Uh, what do you mean link up? Like, so I don't know how Splatoon works, but Smash Brothers, as far as I know, is the only game where I can invite one of you guys to play with me. Or oh, I'm your thing, yeah. Yeah, right? Yeah. Um, I mean, because you, pl- you could do, like, local wireless, uh, like, Mario Kart and stuff like that. But that's not really the same thing. No, yeah. It's seems... multiplayer. So, so I could be wrong, but, yeah, there is a play with your friends feature, which is going to be really cool. And uh, what they are is they're called raids. So it's yeah. very similar to how Pokemon Go does it. You're going to get you and three other friends to fight this thing called a Dynamax Pokemon. Now, the only thing from the Direct that I wasn't too keen on was the Dynamaxing. To be honest, I actually think the Dynamaxing mechanic is dumb. Mm-hmm. Uh, and what what that is, is it's a, just a giant version of the Pokemon that yeah. is out there. Uh, and while you're doing these raids, one of the four people who throw their Pokemon out there to battle this giant Dynamax Pokemon can also Dynamax their Pokemon. Uh, so you just have these giant, powerful things fighting each other. They look a little bit like Titan versions of these Pokemon. Like, they showed off a... I think it was a Raichu Dynamaxed or whatever. Yeah, uh, I think so. Looks, looks super goofy. <laughs> um, so with that, they uh, uh, there's the Dynamaxing mechanic. And while 
those raids, and when the the you beat the Pokemon, you have the chance to catch it. Kind of like how Pokemon Go does it, just on a smaller scale. Because instead of having I don't know thirty people fighting this one Pokemon together, it's just going to be the four of you, and you're all going to be on the same screen, uh, which is really cool. I love to see that. Yeah, I, I, um, I thought that was awesome. I never expected that, and it's it's pretty cool. Yeah, and like I said, as much as I didn't really like the Dynamaxing, I like the concept of raids, and I think there's a lot of potential for cool raids because I was thinking about it. You could... They do these things called mythical Pokemon that they released during the generation uh, of the Pokemon game, like the lifespan of it. Uh, They can do raids where you and your friends have to do this raid to catch this new legendary Pokemon that they introduced, and I think there's a lot of really cool things they could do with it. Um... They also shut off the overworld a little bit, and one of the things that I really wanted after the first trailer was to be able to see the Pokemon in the wild, and in these wild zones, in fact, there are Pokemon wandering around, uh, which I was really pumped about, because I think that adds a lot more, um, adds more to the living world, instead of it just being, like, just a trainer out there here and there that you run into in battle, like, you're actually seeing Pokemon, Mm -hmm. um, and, like, they're seeking you out to battle you and stuff like that. I think that's a really cool feature to make the Pokemon, make the world actually feel lived in, um, and, you know, seeing Pokemon. So that was a really cool thing. They showed off some new Pokemon. Um, I might butcher some of these names, so bear with me, but they showed off Wooloo, which is a sheep-type Pokemon, which is really cool. There was Gossifleur, which is a flower Pokemon. They also showed off its evolution, Eldegross, which is a just a fluffier, cuter-looking plant. Uh, then they showed off Dreadnought, which is like a water rock-type, like, snapping turtle-ish looking mm-hmm. thing, which looked pretty cool. And then the Pokemon that I thought stole the show, other than the legendaries, was Corviknight, which mm-hmm. is a flying steel-type bird. It looked so cool. It looked really cool. It's uh, one of my favorite designs yeah. of recent Pokemon. And then I don't know if you, you caught it, Will, but when they were rolling the footage, there was also like a giant golem-looking golem so looking Pokemon. That was a Gen 5 Pokemon. Oh, Roller. was it? I Okay, yeah. I, I hadn't gotten that far in Pokemon, so. So there were a couple Pokemon. I think Golurk was the most latest Pokemon that we saw that was mm-hmm. in there. I don't think we saw any Gen 6 or 7 Pokemon really there, but uh, yeah, Golurk was a uh, the golem in Gen 5. Gotcha. Um, so they showed off that. Obviously, there's going to be Pokemon from other generations in there. Uh, so they showed off that. They also showed off the legendaries, which I thought were really cool. Um, they're called Zacian and Zamazenta. Um, Zacian carries a sword in its mouth, and Zamazenta wears a shield. So they're like they're both legendary dogs um, mm-hmm. with the sword and shield kind of attached to them, and I thought they looked really cool as well. Yep. Usually by now, like when they show up a Pokemon generation, I see a Pokemon that I'm like, nah, I think that looks dumb. But so far, I think all of the Pokemon look really cool. Yeah. Apparently, apparently there was a big leak that happened a few days ago with all this stuff from somebody, and they nailed all of it. And I guess there is supposed to be a electric corgi Pokemon. Oh really? That would make total sense. Apparently, that's what one of the that, that person said. So if we got an electric corgi, that oh, would be that would so be cool. amazing. So, um, I'm trying to think of what else they. I think that might be it. I might be missing something, but uh, one thing that that they kind of glossed over was how much the environment and weather effects play into capturing Pokemon. 
Yeah, so for they, people who... they just they just kind of mentioned that offhandedly, but they showed some environments, and it does look like it's going to be fully 3D. I don't know if you got that impression, Will. Yeah, they actually said that there is going to be camera rotation in the yep. wild, at least the wild zones. Yeah. So. Uh, so that's that's great. That's something I wanted to see, and it does seem like there's going to be weather and and obviously different environments in the in the gallery region, which is cool. Now, let me ask you, Dan, do you think that this Pokemon seems I know the complaint from people when they first showed off the teaser, which I waited to really have any assumptions, was that it wasn't ambitious. Do you feel like they're being a little bit more ambitious this time? It, I think it's a step in between a fully ambitious and, a, and the same old thing. I think it's it, a, it's a step in the right direction. So uh, I they are changing they're changing some things a little bit, uh, but but also kind of remaining uh, loyal to what Pokemon has been to this point. You know. So the best way I described it was it's safe, ambitious. Yes, that's perf- That's perfect. So it's like retaining a lot of what makes Pokemon Pokemon, but they are testing some things out that are, might be really cool. Yeah. Oh, the thing that I found might be the coolest, and I think that if, it might be really dumb in game, but was when you fight the gym leaders. Yeah. They have it in like a, it's like a soccer stadium, mm-hmm. and you and the gym leader are in the middle fighting with your Pokemon, and there's like... I guess roaring the, crowds around the outside of it in the, roaring, in the yeah, and I guess in this world or in this like region that Pokemon fights are kind of are broadcasted on TV in like a huge part of the world that people watch, people go to see, kind of like a sporting event. So I there seems to be like there's going to be a lot of like I look at it as in like with sports, it feels like that this is going to be like the Pokemon trainers are like the athletes being broadcasted on TV. Um, that's what I feel like the vibe is for this one so mm-hmm. um that i think that's the gist of all the pokemon stuff but i after i watched it i was so excited i am pumped for this pokemon yeah yeah i i got really excited for it too oh also no- november 15th release date mm-hmm. um they mentioned that at the very end of the nintendo the pokemon direct so that's they, also very exciting they're also putting out a two-pack so you can yes. buy Pokemon games. I don't know if there's a discount at all. Probably not. I'm guessing it's going to be 120 dollars. But yeah, I'm hoping uh, it's I'm hoping it's like 100 because I would probably buy that for. I same here because <laughs> you know my son plays all these games now too. So not only do I have to generally buy physical cartridges, but uh, if we're going to want to play at the same time, uh, you know we're going to need two Pokemon games. So yep. Um, but yeah, I'm uh, I'm really excited uh as somebody who defends pokemon and has loved almost every single pokemon i feel like this one has potential to maybe be the best pokemon in the in the series so it just looks so cool the world looks amazing like Mm -hmm. england is a great world to base the game off of so yeah and i don't know if you noticed but the the was it the pokemon designer for this region was uh uh seemed like a gentleman from the uk uh, I can't always place my accents, but I'm pretty sure he was from the UK. I'm not sure where specifically, but that probably helped with with the designing of the of the new Pokemon. Yeah, and you know what? I have a hard time being able to pick out where each gen is supposed to take place. I know Kalos is France. Like I knew that, and it was easy to pick up on. 
and I knew the last gen sun and moon were like Hawaii. Yeah, but like Pacific Islands. Pacific Islands. And this one, like, it's very obvious, like, what they were going for. And I like that because it gives you a little bit more context for the Pokemon designs and, like, how the, the NPCs are going to be. So I kind of appreciate that you're able to kind of tell exactly where they're going for and, like, the direction. Yeah. So, and I think the game also looks better graphically than they first showed off too. Yeah, I would agree with that too. So, mm-hmm. I was very impressed and I was pumped. I can't wait to see them show off some more at E3, which I'm guessing they're gonna do. If they don't have it during the direct, they'll have Treehouse stuff. I'm I'm almost willing to guarantee that. I might I might take a couple days off when this comes out. <laughs> I mean, you you could, but it's also they also I'll put all of that on YouTube. Well, the no, entire like game, the entire ten hour video they'll have on YouTube. Well, when the game actually comes out. Oh, I see. I see what you're saying. Yeah, might take might take the fifteenth off. I wouldn't blame you. But yeah, so that's uh, Pokemon Sword and Shield in a nutshell. You're going to be hearing a lot more of, about this game from us with from now until release date, anyway. So, mm-hmm. um, and I know any news that comes out, I will definitely be covering it in nibble bits. So yeah, we're gonna. Definitely keep everyone posted on that. Mm-hmm. Okay. Anything else, Will? Nibble bits? You want me to do the rest uh, of the nibble bits? Yeah, go ahead. I've got quite a few also. Um, we might have overlap, so I'm okay. sorry. Don't but Borderlands, a handsome collection for PC, is really cheap right now uh, on Steam. So I guess it's down to $6.02. So if you have not played those games and are excited for Borderlands 3, Buy them on Steam if you have a computer that can run it, because that is a crazy deal. Um, all the DLCs, everything for both games. So there's that. Uh, Destiny 2 is getting a new expansion called Shadowkeep. It's supposed to take place on the moon. Um, I've been really into space recently, so I was like, ooh, maybe I'll get Destiny 2. But I know I'm never going to play it. So um, Watch Dogs 3 uh, got leaked before E3, it's called Watch Dogs Legion, and Ubisoft put out a statement saying that, yep, nope, it got leaked, and it is true. So um, you, they put out a small 10-second teaser. We'll see more at E3. Um, apparently, apparently in this game, you can play as any NPC. I don't know how that works. I actually, I really like that. So I don't know if, like, at the beginning of the game, you can zoom in on, like, people walking around a city, and you see someone walking by that you like, you're like, I'm going to be that person. I think that's that's we, my hope for it anyway. When I read that, that I think that would be awesome. I think from what I've gathered is that it's a the gameplay. You're playing as a non-lethal organization, so you, there's no killing. There's like you get more tools like um, tasers and like batons and stuff like that. So you can't really kill people. But I think the main character is supposed to like recruit to this organization to you know mess with the system. Mm-hmm. So I'm wondering if that's what how it all works yeah i don't know so we'll find out more in a week anyway yeah. so um there is that square enix has a new game for e3 called outriders which kind of falls in line with all of the games that are coming out that have out in it right now yeah. um out how outer worlds outer wilds yeah Outriders. there's a lot right <laughs> there, i feel like there's one other one that has a similar-ish name that i have on my steam wish list probably and you're just like, ah, yeah, I'm going to get these all confused. I know it. Yeah. But um, we don't know too much about it, but there is a small uh, 
like teaser on YouTube for people who want to watch it. So there is that. We'll find out more at E3. Shenmue 3, it's delayed three months. Um, now set for November 19th, 2019. Uh, that, that's, that's, not, that's not coming out this year. No. They'll can't. delay it again. I guarantee well, it. <laughs> why would you want to combat all of those November releases with Shenmue 3, you know? Yeah, yeah. It's not see Shenmue 3 doing that well, but um, it's supposed to come out in August, which was not too far from now. So there's that. Dying Light 2 will be a part of Square Enix's E3 showcase as well. That's really cool. Apparently Dead Island 2 is still a thing for people who care, mm-hmm. which is surprising. But um, there's that. And my last one, and I hate myself, but Call of Duty Modern Warfare is coming out in October gonna have no season pass and cross play love it i said october 25th by the way is the exact release date i swear there was a rumor it leaked that it was gonna be called call of duty modern warfare and i texted eric like how stupid is that what a dumb <laughs> game the, t- the trailer came out and i was immediately excited to the point i'm definitely getting it it so. looks awesome though like even i watched it <laughs> As skeptical as I am about the the Modern Warfare Call of Duty games, it looks fantastic. Yeah, like they the gameplay that they showed off, and there wasn't a ton. It looks really realistic. I was really impressed with the graphics. Yeah, it, it seems like for people who care, Captain Price was the protagonist or one of the main characters in like the first three Modern Warfare games. I think this is just a whole new reboot of the series, like mm-hmm. a soft reset. So like all of the characters that we loved if you played those games uh from the first three modern warfare seem like they're all going to be around again um the no season pass is really cool because i know call of duty games have problems with segmenting the player base because people aren't buying map packs as much as they used to yeah uh and crossplay is just a win in general um that's good for the health of a game in my opinion so um there seems to be a lot to look forward to there's going to be a campaign for this call of duty um yeah, I'm actually really excited to play it. Yeah, I think Call of Duty, I mean, I think they had to evolve here because of how popular things like Apex Legends are. Mm-hmm. And, you know, why would you spend, with all the map packs and stuff included, $100 on a game like that when you can play Apex Legends or Fortnite that's constantly updated with, with new things for free, you know? Yeah, yeah. And, so. you know, like... I'm not a person to buy into loot boxes or anything like that. Like, I bet this game will have some form of that, but, like, Mm -hmm. it's not going to bother me as long as it doesn't barricade off, like, progress in the game because, like, I've never been one to buy loot boxes. So, like, even if this game has it, it's not going to bother me. Like, The Division 2 has it, apparently, and that doesn't deter me from wanting to play it because, like, I've never been one to do that. So I think it's a good idea for them to put out these map packs for free and just like try to make money off microtransactions if it's not sleazy. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, um, which with it being Activision, you know, there's a risk of it being very sleazy. But, sure. um, but you know, I'm pumped for this Call of Duty. I'm probably gonna get it, and I hate myself for that because I said no, nope, not this year. Getting it this year. Yeah, that happens. <laughs> Um, but that's all of my nibble bits. There's a lot to talk about, and I know you have some too. Yeah, so. I've, I've got quite a few also. Like I said, uh, I don't know if I mentioned this before, but all the pre-E3 stuff that people want to get their announcements out before the, the, the before the hubbub starting this weekend have kind of made announcements. So, Yep. My first one is that Microsoft has announced that a version of Xbox Game Pass will be coming soon to PC. 
uh, will be supported by publishers like Bethesda, Sega, Devolver, Paradox, and Deep Silver. No further details have been announced, uh, and though they are named the same, they are not. They are going to be completely separate services. So it's going to be Xbox Game Pass for obviously Xbox One, and then Xbox Game Pass for PC. It seems like they're going to have a different. Uh, you know, obviously they'll have their crossplay titles uh, on there, but but then it seems like they're going to have like if Paradox is on there, they're going to have you know Paradox games. I'm assuming games like Crusader Kings and stuff like that will be available on the on the Game Pass. So this might be worth it's it like, if you have a computer that can play everything. Yeah, I mean, I, I think, think I, I think Game Pass is a, is a great service. So yeah, it's, I think it's definitely worth getting Game Pass. So. Yeah, I mean, I think that's a smart move. I don't like that it's different, but what are you yeah, gonna do? Yeah, if, if you could pay for ten for, bucks, whatever. Yeah, if you could pay for one and have it available on both both systems, that would be awesome. But it's a step in do? that direction. Yeah, at least. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, my next one. So, Game of Thrones is coming to VR with a new experience called Beyond the Wall. In Beyond yeah. the Wall, you become a member of the Night's Watch and defend the wall. It's currently an exclusive for HTC's Viveport Infinity service, but will soon be coming to Microsoft's Mixed Reality headsets also. I would love to try that. I'll never get the opportunity to, but I would love to try that. Never say never. I just can't see myself getting a VR headset. <clears throat> i got to get a power enough, powerful enough computer to run it, first of all. But aren't they... Isn't, doesn't Oculus... Aren't they selling their standalone now? I don't know. I think so. I think you're right. I know there's been new upgraded models. I know there's a wireless one. I think the Vive has a wireless version now. <clears throat> Excuse me. Mm. Also in VR news, Smash Brothers got a patch last week that enabled Nintendo Labo VR for Smash Brothers Ultimate. Uh, it's currently its own mode and single player only. Uh, I'll talk about it either during my week or what we played, because I tried it. I'm very interested. So, yeah. Uh, next on my list, Cuphead will soon be playable in Tesla vehicles. Elon Musk revealed in an interview recently that Tesla has been working on getting the Unity engine working on their cars, in their cars, and has been specifically working with Studio MDHR to get Cuphead up and running smoothly. Uh, it should be ready to release in the late summer and will require a USB gamepad to play. A lot of the other games that you can play in Tesla's use a touchscreen, but obviously uh, Cuphead requires a bit more precise controls. So definitely have to have a US, uh, USB gamepad to play that one. Uh, those like want... myself concerned about safety and distracted driving, apparently the games are only playable when the car is in park. So. Just wait till Tesla gets their self-driving cars off the ground and like people are getting them man yeah you can play cuphead while you're trying like oh on the actual car too not having yeah. to hold a separate device i want a tesla car so bad they're pretty nice i've seen i see a few occasionally roaming the neighborhood i know they're coming down in price still way out of my price range but hopefully not too long here yeah. you know I, I think the the base tesla you can get for a little over 30 grand right now the model yeah. 3 my so, dream they're pretty nice um love me elon yeah and then thq nordic is set to announce uh three new games over the next three days the first of which i actually forgot to write down but i'm thinking it's the spongebob squarepants game that got announced today oh yeah <laughs> something about bikini bottom yeah like rehydrated yeah or something or other yeah 
I'm not. I'm not sure if that was a joke or if that's actually the case. But if that's actually the case, that's hilarious. I don't. Yeah, I'm. <clears throat> I'm people are really excited for it too. Yeah. So uh, there's that, and then in E3 news, Microsoft has revealed they will be re- has revealed they will be revealing. That's a little too much. Too much revealing. Uh, 14 first party games at their E3 press conference. One of which is strongly rumored to be Fable Four. There were leaked details, actually. Okay. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't read any of that because I. I, I want to see it in person. Um, but yeah, I, I think one of them is going to be Fable Four. Fourteen first-party games. That's pretty good. That's one of the things we wanted to see from Microsoft at their press conference. So, finally, that's great. Uh, and then also in E3 news, Dying Light Three, uh, like or Dying Light Two. I'm sorry, like you talked about, will be at Square Enix press conferences. Uh, press conference right now we know that uh, dying light 2 is going to be self-published but square enix has signed a deal to help distribute dying light 2 in the americas so really yep so there's that that's interesting that they aren't publishing it elsewhere but only in america yeah and it's just said in the americas uh, the details on their on their deal are are kind of sketchy right now, so no one no one really knows for sure. But it's gonna yeah, be a distribution deal for right now. I guess good for them. Yeah. Uh, so that's all for Nibblewitz. Corey, how's your week? My week was pretty good. Nothing special. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I actually uh, I popped the question this weekend. Hey, hey, yes, congratulations! You. And she said yes, so uh, it was a win. We've, awesome. uh, yeah, we've had a, a lot of long weekends lately, but um, this one takes the cake because uh, it was my girlfriend's birthday on Thursday last week. And for this weekend, we had some friends out to uh, her grandmother's cottage up in the Adirondacks, and they all left on Sunday. And then uh, that night, we went out to do some stargazing because uh, it was perfect. It happened to be clear after a weekend of clouds and rain. And uh, it was cold, so the, the moon wasn't out, uh, so it was perfect. There was no light pollution because of where we were, so it was perfect stargazing conditions, and uh, that's where I popped the question. Did you look at everything, like, outside and be like, oh, I have to do this here, like, this is perfect, or were you like, I'm going to do it regardless? Uh, yeah, I didn't know going into the weekend if I was going to do it regardless, but by, like, Sunday morning, I'm like, I definitely have to do it today because I cannot, like, sit on this another week. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, as of Sunday, I had decided that I needed to do it. So I just kind of hoped, hoped that everything worked out, um, and it did. Yeah, that's awesome. We're all pumped to see it. Yeah, it's uh, it's still a little surreal, to be honest. Uh, we've been together for nine and a half years, probably. When did we start the podcast? 2011. Yeah. Okay, so, yeah, we had been <laughs> together, but not for long. Um, yeah, that's that's a long time. That is. Very nice. But, yeah, do you, that's... Do, you, do you feel like a new man? Not really. Um, no, not really. I feel pretty much the same. It's just it's it does it, it does feel a little bit different. Yeah, and I, it's one of those things that you can't really explain because you've only experienced the emotions once. Mm-hmm. So it's like they're there, but it's kind of hard to process them and talk about them. I don't know. Some people get to experience it more than once, but 
Sure. <laughs> um, but for now, it's just my my first time trying mm-hmm. to pop the question. So mm-hmm. did you cr- did you cry? Uh, no, it got a little dusty though. It's that it was super nervous. I was like oh, shaking. Yeah. yeah, that happened to me too. Yeah, it's not uh, it's not an easy sentence to to spit out but Mm -hmm. um no it it went well and she was really happy and surprised which is what i wanted i wanted it to be a surprise Uh, not too much of a surprise because then that's then you're like michael scotting somebody if you surprise (laughs) too much (laughs) but uh yes no yeah that was that was my big news for the week Mm -hmm. very nice and i don't think i have any little news to share so nothing at all uh, just quickly, I watched a couple Netflix movies that came out recently. Mm-hmm. Um, Rim of the World, I really liked. Kind of all over the place. It, if you like movies like Stranger Things or some of those older, uh, uh, like Stand By Me, it's that kind of young kids against the world kind of thing. Did not review very well, uh, but I really liked it. Mm-hmm. And I also watched that movie The Perfection with Allison Williams from Get Out and Girls. Um, who I have a little man crush on, but that movie was horrible. But it's <laughs> it's it's weird because the review scores were the opposite of how I felt about them. So oh really? Take it with a grain of salt. Hmm. So you liked them more than the review scores? No, I liked Rim of the World much more than the review score. I disliked The Perfection much more than the review scores. Gotcha. Okay. okay. So. I actually saw a movie too that I'll I'll talk about when we get there. Did you watch more Black Clover? No, I watched that first episode and that one character. I just couldn't. I don't know. I'll probably watch it again at some point, but that one character was just too annoying. He was yelling the whole time. So okay, I I know as I said it to you, it's a tall ask, but if you can make it to like when those three characters go to the dungeon the first time, is when it gets a lot better. I'll try. I don't know if it might take me a few years. It might be worth it just to start on that episode, because you're not really missing much. But I promise he gets a lot better. Okay. Yeah. It'll. Yeah. Like I said, it might take me a few years to get there, but I'll try. <laughs> okay. <laughs> no one ever <laughs> takes my suggestions. <laughs> I tried it. What do you mean? One episode. Oh come on. One 19 minutes worth of content. I feel like I feel like we've had the same conversation with you. Uh, Corey, I played Felseal. No, I know, but I mean with TV shows that you don't want to watch. Yeah, but you like anime. Do I you, do. You find it weird, Corey, that out of all your recommendations, the one we latched onto was was Felseal? Um, not really, because it was clearly a Final Fantasy Tactics game. You know. Fair, yeah, fair enough. I didn't really have to. The work was already done in the in the videos and the gameplay yep. videos and stuff. So, okay. I have Enderall downloaded on my computer. <laughs> Your ears are huge. Yeah. It's way too big. Uh, real quick, we're gonna do our rookie Maybe. camp uh, uh, <laughs> recap, I we're guess, for the, for the last few episodes. So, shoot, uh, we're covering inside. Uh, Fallout 4. I was going to tell. Oh, okay. go ahead. Well, no, it's okay. Dan, I think come I, on. I, I talked about it at the beginning <laughs> of the episode, so. Um, yeah, so I played Inside, Fallout 4, and Lovers in a Dangerous Space Time. 
the categories are most likely to play again, least likely to play again, and best overall experience. All right, so we'll start with your guesses for a game that I'm most likely to play again. Inside. Inside. Lovers in a Dangerous Space Time. Okay. Um, least likely to play again. Fallout 4. Okay. Uh, I'll say Lovers in a Dangerous Space Time. Hmm. Okay. Inside. Really? Okay. And best overall experience. Probably lovers. Okay. Inside. <laughs> I'm gonna say lovers when... in a dangerous space time. Okay. So I miss I missed all three of these. I didn't get to watch any of them. But when Dan answers, I have a good. I know I'm gonna be right or wrong. Right. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not always right. Yeah, he's not always right. Um. So <clears throat> most likely to play again is lovers in a dangerous space time. Co-op. Um. Yeah. Because it was co-op, and I loved it. Like, I think I could even play that game on my own, because it, it wasn't a lot of thinking or, you know, anything like that. It was really just, you had a few things that you made need to, needed to make sure you did. It was really fun music. I was saying, like, in the video, I kept dancing around, and I had no idea that I was doing that <laughs> until I watched the video. So that was really... <laughs> yeah, the music was, really... was a little quieter than I would have liked for the video, but... yeah. It's hard to tell. The volumes are always, like, different for different things, so. Yeah. And it was very um, Celeste-type music, we were saying. Like, it had that feel. Um, But, yeah, I just really enjoyed it. It was really fun, and it was really rewarding to beat the bad guys and get through a level. And then towards the end of the video, we played, like, a bonus game, I guess, Mm -hmm. or something. I just think that was the that was the level. Okay, it was just part of the level. Yeah. Yeah, and um, that was really rewarding to beat it after we... Did we tried try and, yeah, we tried and times? failed the first time. Oh, first time, yeah. And then, yeah, beat it. So, highly recommend that. And I I think we will play that again. Mm-hmm, definitely. definitely. Um, so, my least likely to play again is actually Fallout 4. Yeah! <laughs> <laughs> um, and that is nothing against the game at all. Because that game was fantastic i was hooked like with the with the opening and i was like what happens and there yeah, was you a, can hate it val it's okay there was a baby no i really liked <laughs> i will say the opening <laughs> is the best part of the game yeah it's really it's one of the better openings in a game yeah oh, if it i'm was, being honest yeah it was so good um you know maybe i didn't do enough gameplay to know for sure but um I, you know, Dan explained it to me and I read up on it and there is a lot involved there. So, um, that was definitely my least likely to play again. As far as, um, well, I'll go to my best overall experience, I guess. So my best overall experience, um, I kind of want to have a three-way tie because I loved all of them, which was really nice because the last bunch of five games that I reported on, I had a hard time picking my favorite one because none of them really stood out. Um, but all three of these were really good games because I think Inside had a really interesting story and I just wanted to know, like, what the heck is going on? And I really liked the puzzle aspect of it. Mm -hmm. Um, Fallout 4, I was just intrigued again by the story. Don't know that I would enjoy playing it all the way through. Um, and then Lovers in a Dangerous, excuse me, Space Time, hello, um, was really fun because it was co-op. And it was just different than anything I had really played. So 
I think they all could be like first place and I think among like any of the other groups of games that I've played they all would have been my my best overall experience Mm -hmm. maybe except for Celeste if they weren't together if they weren't together yeah um but if I have to pick one I would say lovers in a dangerous space time yeah (laughs) um just because it was co-op and like I said it was just different and it was it was fun and um it's interesting because I've actually like I posted the link on my Facebook and I've actually had people say like oh I watched that it was really fun or you know it looked really interesting and I did a screenshot that I posted on Instagram and got you know got some attention for it that way and I've posted other things and have not had that so um I think it was appealing because it was bright and fun and the Mm -hmm. characters were cute and you know it it, it's a very happy game yeah Yeah. it is a happy game yeah and it it reached like a different demographic than fallout 4 Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know like um especially considering most of my friend almost all my friends on facebook are females you know so i think it was more appealing so it's been neat to like actually have people mention it to me was pretty cool so yeah, but... I want to say you've done more marketing for the podcast than all four of us have done in maybe four years at this I, point. I'm trying to get a little bit better about all that. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah. Like I, I saw, like I've seen, like you post a couple things about us on Instagram, and I'm like, mm-hmm. huh, that was doing way more than I put our, in for our marketing. own. Our own Instagram's been dead for years. Nice. <laughs> maybe I need to be um, be your uh, director of social media something something have at it yeah (laughs) it's just sitting there yeah (laughs) yeah but um yeah so overall this was a really great group of games and it was like i said it was nice from the last group because i i had a hard time picking a favorite this time it was hard because i really liked all of them Mm -hmm. and they were all very different which was fun too um i kind of wish that to be honest I kind of wish that I had played inside and just played it to played find out whole, what what game. had happened at the end instead of going there, and reading about it. There's a couple it was really cool. There's a couple games on my list. Well, one of them in particular that you just have to play the whole thing. Oh, is it to the moon? To the moon. I was yeah. gonna say. I'm. I've been we'll, waiting we'll for that one. We'll play the entire thing sometime. Yeah, yeah, and then everyone gets to watch me ugly cry. Apparently, oh, I, <laughs> I ugly cried during it too. Nice. I will probably ugly cry again. Nice. <clears throat> yeah. So I guess that's it. Like uh, I'm sure you mentioned, we should be picking Ricky Camp back up regularly. Yeah, regularly now that on Sunday nights now that Game of Thrones, Game of Thrones is, is over. over, over. Yeah. I oh. was doing okay with Game of Thrones being over. And then, so I have a huge backlog of podcasts and I'm finally getting to the ones that were talking about the end of Game of Thrones and it brought it all right back. <laughs> And then randomly, I told Dan, this is the weirdest thing ever. I got in my car because I was driving in between school buildings. And I got in my car and out of nowhere, the the Night King song that I am obsessed with just randomly started playing. I was like, I did not have my music player on. I did not have it like queued up, like nothing. It just started playing like the second I turned on my car. And I was like, what's going on? That's called schizophrenia, Val. (laughs) That was that wasn't yeah. the answer I was expecting. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Perfect. You sure it was the yeah. radio? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was just playing in your mind. It was just all in my head. 
Yeah. No, but, um, yeah, so I was doing okay, and then it all came back, so. But I think I'm through all my podcasts that talk about it now, so I can move on again after I had already moved on a little bit. So, but back to re- back to real life, back to Ricky Camp and yep. doing all the things. So, mm-hmm. yeah. okay. Well, thank you. Yeah, thank you. Thanks, Val. Thanks, Val. See ya. All right, Will. What yes. do you got for us for your week? Oh, honestly, nothing. Just uh, just working a lot, getting over mono and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, oh, hear this. This was my weekend, by the way, real quick. I worked from 6 p.m. till about 4:30 a.m. Got home at like five. Was up to probably like 6:30 ish. Had to be back to work on Saturday at noon. Oh. Worked from noon to midnight. Got home and then had to work Sunday again from noon till about 9:45, 10 o'clock. Wow. Uh, and then we got food after, and then I had to go to the gym after, so I didn't get home until like three. So I had a crazy work weekend. I think I'll I put say. in thirty, like four hours in three days. That's crazy. So I'm honestly still recovering from that, um, but I think that's gonna be my weekend life from now on, which is all right because I want to get a new computer, so mm-hmm. I want to make as much money as possible. Right now, uh, it's summertime anyway, so I'm not going to be doing much anyway. Because um, it's like I get to enjoy my days because I work later in the day. Uh-huh. So I get to hang out outside and do swim and do cool stuff like that from up until I have to be to work at 6, so I have to leave at 5. So yeah. I'm kind of okay with it. Yeah. Um, no more I have to work from like, I don't know, we're more night to six thirty. Yeah, we're more night people anyway. I I always hated that. That was the like the literally the entire day. Yeah, it's the worst. Well, I remember during like the winter time, you would go in when it was dark to Wegmans and then leave when it was dark. Yeah, you just never saw the sun. Yeah, and your car would be snow covered, and you'd be like, <sighs> Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So it's <laughs> nice to not. I leave when it's like starting to like have the day is starting to wind down work until midnight because i'm going to be up until then anyway so that's yeah. fine with me and then get home and go to bed i kind of I, I like those hours a little bit more as of right now i know it won't be sustainable for me long term and mm-hmm. i don't plan to make it a career so right uh but other than that i got got nothing interesting going on okay uh i got a couple quick things so i watched a movie i watched the meg you familiar with that at all Corey? Yeah, let me Google it quick. Okay. I think I've seen it. Oh, I'm, sure, maybe not. I'm sure you have. No. Well, I don't know if you've seen the movie, but you probably have heard of it at least. Yeah. The, it's, yeah. it's kind of a uh, cheesy action flick, um, but it has a uh, – the Meg is a megalodon, a, a prehistoric shark. Uh, and my, my mother-in-law was telling my son about it because she had seen it, and he's all into the prehistoric stuff and, and sharks and stuff like that. So So he made us watch it. I actually ended up quite liking it. <clears throat> it's definitely not the best movie I see I've seen, but it had uh, it had some cool like science fictiony stuff in it, and uh, it had Jason Statham just doing one stupid badass thing after another, uh, which I thought was kind of cool. Does it was, he do anything it was, else? What's that? No, no. But it, I just thought, I don't know. It was it was cool in this in this movie. Uh, it has it has Rain Wilson in it, which is very weird to have him not be Dwight. 
Yeah. Um, but he plays a good character in the, in the movie. It's not it, like I said, it's not a great movie, but it's a it's a good like summer, uh, crappy action film type of thing. Uh, but I yeah I enjoyed it. Uh, so there's that. I'm listening to uh, via audiobook. I'm listening to Fire and Blood, the Targaryen family history uh, of Westeros. It starts with Aegon's conquest of of Westeros, and it's actually really really good. Uh, it reads like a history book. That's how well done it is. Um, and I'm really, really into it so far. I think I've listened to maybe two and a half or three hours so far. Cool. And I'm I'm impressed with that. Uh, it's it's scratching that Game of Thrones itch that that I will probably never get rid of. So. You, you pick up on any juicy gossip? What do you mean? Any ju- juicy Targaryen gossip that I would be interested in? Uh, I was surprised at how good of a king the Aegon was after he conquered Westeros. I was just always in the impression he was a, you know, vicious, cruel um, conqueror, you know, and, and wanted to subject everyone to his will, but it wasn't like that at all. Uh, he did want to conquer it, but, you know, people who who bent the knee, if you will, he didn't... He's like, okay, come on in. Come on over. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then Dorne resisted fiercely for a very long time, which is also pretty interesting. Uh, that he was never able to conquer Dorne. Dorne got married into the... I didn't get to that part yet, but he he, he was never able to conquer Dorne at all, which is pretty cool. Yeah. But yeah, there's some, some great characters in that even. I, and it doesn't read like a first-person thing. It's great characters as read from, uh, you know, a historical perspective. So that's pretty cool. Uh, and then another thing I wanted to talk about real quick, uh, I've, I've done a little looking into this, but I, and I think we've talked about this before, but... Uh, Tom DeLonge and, and To the Stars Academy of Arts and Sciences. Yeah. Um, I was under the impression for the long for a long time that Tom DeLonge was kind of losing his marbles a little bit. Um, but I've, I've, I saw an interview with him, and I've read some stuff on, on his To the Stars Academy, and I actually think he's doing some pretty, pretty cool work. Um, it doesn't seem like he, a man who's lost his marbles at all, actually. Really? Um, yeah. Uh, so To the Stars, it's right now one of the things they do is they it's like a publishing outfit so they publish uh comics and movies and anime and stuff like that and they've got some really cool looking stuff he kind of described it as like a uh science fiction disney almost um they did the movie core i think you saw uh love the the science fiction film they they did a bunch yeah. of like i said comics and and graphic novels and, and stuff like that 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 really honestly look look pretty interesting um, there's a sciences aspect to it, but there's also the whole uh, UFO thing, uh, which you know a lot of people laugh off. But uh, I was reading some of the credentials of some of the people he has working for him and under him. It's pretty impressive. Some pretty high up CIA and and Department of Defense people, and uh, some people who worked for uh, Lockheed Martin, some higher up Lockheed Martin people uh, that now work for for his outfit. So you mean they're on his payroll? Well, they they connected uh, before he started this, and that's that's once they were free of whatever they were doing, they they joined in and and to to help out. It's it's pretty pretty interesting stuff. So I definitely recommend like looking into it a little bit. What? I don't know, Dan. I, I you gotta have you listened to him on Joe Rogan yet? Not Joe he, Rogan, no. You should li- you should give that one a listen only because he even Joe Rogan, who's pretty open-minded to hearing this stuff was like uh, oh my god what a loon oh really 
Yeah, like I, I don't I need, know. I, just, I need specifics. Yeah, like he, so he think you know why he started to the stars was because he thinks that the government has contracted him to slowly release information to present the fact that aliens exist. Yeah, no, I, I knew that bit. That's that's. I mean, you're mentally ill if you think that, I, especially if you're Tom DeLong. I don't know, man. He doesn't. I, at least, at least in the stuff that I saw him in, it doesn't. It doesn't come. It doesn't come I'm off as, as in that, being crazy. Yeah, he, he doesn't. He, he's he's not like a crazy UFO guy you see on YouTube. But yeah. like, it, I, I, what I personally think <laughs> is he he doesn't really believe what he says is going on, but it's working for him. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. that's the impression that you got. Yeah, that mm-hmm. it's like willful craziness. Gotcha. Like he's not actually crazy, but he's playing up that side of it. Like. I don't know. I don't know if it's a popularity thing, if it brings more eyes to what he's doing. Who knows? Huh. I, yeah, I, no, I just I just think it's 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 fascinating. And if that I mean, who knows if that is actually the case, then that's that's pretty interesting stuff. I've also seen some of their like uh leaked videos that he's sort of responsible for. Like I've I've seen stuff and listened to people poke holes in that stuff to the point where I'm like, yeah, it's it is just him making stuff up, mm-hmm. but who knows? I mean, yeah, crazy, crazier things have happened. I mean, how can I, the way I look at it is how can someone look at outer space and be like, oh, nothing's up there? So I see what he's doing or why he thinks that he does. He just comes off a little, a little crazy here and there. Yeah, I just don't think Tom DeLonge would be the government's choice to start leaking. No alien stuff yeah but who knows maybe when maybe. this started was when he was popular like when blink 182 was massive so yeah like, oh. i mean the, yeah kind of the way i took it is he's kind of uh he, he's like a pop culture icon and maybe because of his his initial interest in it I, I, you know i may and maybe it's just a handful of people maybe it's not the entire government but the people are like okay this is a guy that can you know maybe disseminate some of this stuff to the masses I wonder if you just started watching documentaries on Mercury and Venus like I've been doing the last couple days. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know, but space stuff is pretty fascinating. Oh, God. I've learned... I'm, I can't stop watching documentaries on the planets. It's, it's so fascinating. Well, do you follow... Sorry, Dave. No, go ahead. Do you, go, do you follow Jean-Michael Godier on YouTube? I do not. Do I need to right now? Yeah, I just watched one last night right but it was about uh future propulsion systems mm, i love that stuff. uh pretty cool how is is okay i think i found it maybe uh, yeah, yeah there really, it is. really like mind-blowing relatively short videos um, wait what's what's his youtube name john john michael godier oh, i put like <laughs> i put jean like the french spelling like Gene, yeah. No, it's J O H N Michael M A M I C H A E L Godier G O D I E R. Okay, found it. Thank you. Some of, some of those videos are are really really cool. I've I like I've been just consuming so much space stuff. So I'm glad you told me about this so I can watch it. You can really go down a rabbit hole with that. Yeah, with all that. I 
literally literally watched a 50 minute documentary like in bed the other night because I couldn't sleep and I was like yeah I'll do this might as well <laughs> the BBC is doing right now they're doing the planets oh really yeah they're not airing in the US till like July I think but just uh, basically all the stuff we know about each planet yeah yeah nice I think it, there was one called the planets in the 90s that it's like spiritual successor to I got a good chuckle because people thought, like, on this planet, during, like, when we went to the moon landing, that Venus was, like, a tropical jungle. <laughs> I'll never forget, yeah, in, uh, like, third grade, my teacher had science books, and one of them was from, like, the 70s or something, and that's what it, that's what the images of Venus were, were of, like, these vast jungles. And then the Russians land on it, and we're like, what, what is this? <laughs> yeah. It's... A hellhole. <laughs> <laughs> I guess yeah. though that they think that Venus is the other candidate for terraforming. Terraforming, like Mars and Venus are the two that they're like we might be able to do something with this. Yeah. Um, they just need an atmosphere, really. Yeah. Well, they but... both have an atmosphere. They just need. Thin. A... Uh, yeah, uh, Mars especially is Venus's atmosphere thin. I know Mars's is thin. Yeah. Um. But I, I don't know if you saw, Will, the, the the capture of the cloud clouds blowing over on Mars. I did see that. They're that really like cool. um, they look a little bit like cirrus clouds. Like yeah, they got yeah. a little bit of like wispiness to them. Yep. Yeah. It was very, just, very neat. It just blows my mind. I know Mercury is the only pl- other planet in the solar system that has a magnetic field. Oh really? Yeah. They said if you're on um, the dark side of Mercury, you see like the uh, orange lights. Like you, like if you're looking at the auroras borealis, and yeah. you know on Earth, it's like that, but like it's orange and like makes a halo around. So like if you're on the dark side, you would be seeing that. That's cool. Mind blowing. And like they think Earth made like crashed into Mercury at one point when they were like getting into this like aligned around the sun and that's uh-huh. why they, the core is so big on Mercury but the actual like crust is so small. Huh. Oh, that's pretty sweet. Yeah, it's so fascinating. Anywho, uh anything else? I think that was that was it for our weeks, right? Yeah. I'll be talking a little more space in just a moment here. Uh, I want to cover outer wilds. Um, so what, what we played, so I will start off with Smash Brothers Ultimate. Um, I started playing Smash Brothers Ultimate again, uh, here and there. I'm, I'm doing the, the World of Light a little bit. I need to beat that, that mode, uh, at the very least. But I've also been playing, uh, nighttime with my kids before they go to bed. It's been really fun. Uh, last night especially we did the, me and my son and my, you know, my older son and my, my daughter, uh, playing on a team against three computer opponents and that that was probably the best way to play uh that way i'm not beating up on them the entire time um it offers a little bit of challenge for me too because i try to make up for for their falls um Mm. so do you ever get frustrated with either of them no it's fine i just you know do my best Uh, i get frustrated when i get a character that i'm really bad with Mm. so did you get the dlc characters by any chance no not yet no I got PD Piranha for free, but I, I and I claim the thing, but I don't know how to actually activate PD. So I've got to figure that out it, at some point. If you've claimed the code, it should boot up. Yeah, I don't. I, I honestly I didn't even look, to be honest. So he might be there, and I just missed him. 
But Nintendo doesn't make this stuff that, like, easy. No, no, they don't. So. And I just unlocked the, my final character, which was Mewtwo. Nice. Not that long. It was a couple days ago, anyway. Um, but yeah, I did want, I want to talk about the VR mode. So, so the VR mode, um, it's under, it's under like options or something. It's, it's, I took me a little while to find it. It's not, uh, easy to find like it is in the other games. And all it is, is, is it's a handful of the, the stages, maybe, maybe about a third of them you can play, uh, the VR mode on, uh, and then you do a four character battle. Uh, where you can be in the battle or you can watch four four characters playing um and you know because you're holding the thing to your face it's not super comfortable but uh <laughs> yeah you can zoom zoom the camera it, it takes place like you and you move your head around like the battlefield you can go up and down and and kind of kind of swing around the battlefield and, and watch the characters duke it out you can like i said you can also play um it's not fleshed out all that much it's it's kind of simple but i mean i thought it was cool i did did one match and got my butt kicked because i kept uh not keeping my head totally straight because i'm also not used to playing not with the gamecube controller uh playing with the switch remote was not my ideal way of playing smash brothers so are you just like looking in one direction and then you turn around and little max slugging you in the face yeah kind of i mean i would i would like you know zoom zoom myself out or zoom myself back in it was more about the spectacle of the thing and and not as much the the gameplay uh for that but i I would love to see if they could you know maybe figure out a way to do that multiplayer with two switches and two smash brothers things i think that would be uh two i think that would be kind of fun um would would cory get motion sick playing it uh i don't think so he didn't get motion sick playing breath of the wild in vr so okay i wouldn't think i don't think i don't think i get motion sick playing VR. vr I haven't yet. Um, yeah, I mean, Cor- I, Corey, you played Breath of the Wild VR. It wasn't wasn't as bad as everyone was claiming, right? Nope. Yeah, it's uh, not what I expected. That's that's what I said too. I don't know <laughs> yep. what people were expecting with with this stuff. Like it's because there's been a lot of complaints about uh, Smash Brothers VR, but like it's a it's a little update that they did, you know. To to it's more it's more to show people than anything. Like you're yeah. not going to sit there. For hours and play Smash Brothers in VR, you know. No, Dan, I have to have, I have to have a passionate opinion on every single thing that every company does. Yeah, I mean, I think I, especially the Breath of the Wild VR hate was was very much unfounded because I actually thought it was pretty well done. But yeah, yeah, you're not buying a seven hundred dollar virtual reality. <laughs> exactly, you can get that one standalone for forty bucks. Yeah. And you don't even need to do that. People were rigging their uh, uh, their phone like headset things to work with the Switch VR. So yeah. yeah. Uh, so there's that Smash Brothers Ultimate. Yeah, the VR mode it was it was fine. You know, it's a free, a free update. I, I'll probably play it more at some point. The hard part is playing with the Switch controller. I would like to figure out a way to be able to play. If I had a wireless uh, GameCube controller, that would that would work. But I don't for right now. So uh, I played some Snipper Clips. Snipper clips. My, my son wanted to play it actually, so played a little bit of that. That's still a really good, really good game. Uh, Lovers in the Dangerous Space Time. We already talked about. Uh, so the main event, Outer Wilds. I uh, watched some one of my Twitch people that I follow play Outer Wilds, and I was immediately intrigued by it. Uh, so I stopped watching because I wanted to experience it myself. Um, I think I want to do an episode on it too. Uh, I maybe not next week, but the week after. 
Um, so you play as an astronaut in like a rustic, woodsy, alien species space program. Uh, there's a bunch of stuff you have to do before you get your launch codes, and you have you've got to kind of get a feel for what the place is before you can get your launch code and actually launch into space. Uh, the music really drew me in right off the bat because it's music that made me think of Life is Strange. It's very like rustic, some banjo stuff, uh, but really like really emotionally hooks you to what's going on in the game. And uh, the mysteries really drew me in, as well as the general difficulty and dangerous space travel uh, because it's supposed to be like realistic like when you're floating around in space and trying to dock with things or uh, like one, at one point I damaged my spaceship and I had to get out and fix it uh, and you have to like maneuver yourself like you would like like with, with little pressure jets off to the right if you wanted to move to your left you know uh, and you have to really like go slow and, and, and get a feel for all that stuff uh, and it's really really fun really interesting um there's also a uh, i don't want to i you should just play it is basically so, what i'm saying because I, I i i'm so so excited about this game i haven't been excited this excited about a game in quite a while i freaking love it so far so there's actually, a lot of mysteries you have to solve i've seen that a lot uh everywhere people are talking about that they haven't been excited about a game in a while so let me ask you yeah. i know there's puzzles to it yes as somebody who is bad at puzzle games and generally doesn't like them is this game worth it it's not it's not so much puzzles as it is a mystery that you piece together parts of over time okay um there's a few puzzles here and there but it's nothing complicated like it's more about like i said piecing together a greater mystery with snippets of information that you gather from your space travels Okay. I guess now, is the best way to talk about it. But I've had some emergent gameplay experiences in this one uh, that I'll probably never forget. One of which was particularly terrifying. Uh, and I don't want to talk about it now because I want people to play the game first um, to see what I'm talking about. But man, uh, talk about emotional impact. Okay, so my other question is I kind of compared this to... Um, no man's sky but actually fun is that accurate too? it's it's not much like no man's sky at all no man's sky if you play outer wilds and or if you play no man's sky and then play outer wilds like no man's sky is like an arcade game okay uh you know none of the none of the space flight stuff is real it's all uh the 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 space flight and this stuff is like hard and dangerous and um even the autopilot, like if you're not careful, it will fly you into the sun or crash you into a, a planet that's orbiting by or a moon or what have you. Like you have to be very careful. I've died a number of stupid ways by crashing my ship, uh, not landing gracefully. So it's okay. It's good stuff. I It's on Xbox Game Pass right now. If you have an Xbox and you have Game Pass or if you don't have Game Pass, now is the time to give it a try and play outer wilds it's it's seriously so good i think uh i think i'm gonna get game pass and play it then because i was worried i saw there was puzzles and i was like ah maybe it's not for me then yeah i mean Uh, like i said there's a couple puzzles but it's it's like i said it's piecing together bits of information that you get over time and 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 exploration and stuff like that so yeah yeah you sold me on it it's at least worth giving a shot if you're not if you're not uh, enthused about it after a few hours, um, then I totally get it. But 
Well, Game Pass is also like what ten dollars a month or something. Yeah, in a lot of cases you can get a dollar trial for a month. So that's worth it right there. Absolutely. Um, so yeah, that's what I was excited about this week. As I said, I would love to do an episode on it if we if we can. Maybe not next week, but the week after, if everyone can can play enough, or maybe even the week after that, I'm willing to willing to wait and and talk about my experiences with with the game that I don't want to spoil for other people. Oh, oh, game land. Yeah, I think uh, we heard a ghost on a live podcast. I heard a buzz. I don't know. Anywho, yeah. So I lost totally lost my train of thought there. Maybe you're uh, being swatted, Dan. No, I th- I thought my phone was ringing on the desk, but my phone is in my lap, so that's not what it was. I don't know. Anyway. Uh, yeah. So that's that's all I played. Will, did you play anything? Uh, no, not nothing other than Fell Seal. I'm debating on what my next backlog game is going to be. It's either going to be God of War or Persona Five. The only thing that has me hesitant on Persona 5 doing God of War is because Persona 5, I looked on the how long to beat in the main like story. hours. 90 hours. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's a doozy. And I, I, want to, I want to play that. Like, I really do. But if God of War, which is 20, and I can bang that out in, like, three week, two weeks maybe, because I'm going to be playing Persona 5 for probably the rest of the summer. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm kind of wondering if that's where I want to go. I really want to play it, though, so uh, I don't know what i'm gonna do so um i'm debating between those two and then after i finish all of those ps4 games i'm gonna get bloodborne and try and play bloodborne i kind of for whatever nice. reason was listening to kotaku split screen talk about the dark soul games and stuff like that they're not my type of game but something about me the competitiveness in me is like i want to beat it that's and how it and and hate it so I can be like yeah I beat those games on podcast to you yeah. guys and be like yeah they're all right. That's how I felt about Sekiro. Like everyone talking about how hard it is, and I was like I'm I have to beat this game. I haven't, but yeah, I re- like I don't want to leave it hanging as an unfinished game. You know, I don't so, know. If, I don't even know if I'll go back to it at this point. I've it's been so long since I have played it, but yeah, yeah. So I'm kind of I'm debating on maybe doing uh, Bloodborne and then Dark Souls trilogy playthrough at some point oh, uh, nice. if I have the the time to do it if Persona Five doesn't make me lose all of my life so yeah um, there's some things I'm debating on I I think me considering Dark Souls is a big development yes it is but absolutely yeah other than that I'm gonna pick between God of War and Persona Five and who knows. Mm-hmm. Okay. Corey? Nothing else for me. Just Fell Seal, huh? Yes, sir. Are you going to play Outer Wilds? Probably at some point. Yeah. So good. I can't wait to play it again. Um, okay. Anything else? I think we're good. I don't believe we have any feedback this week. Ooh. So, um... Yeah, I wanted to say, people, so you got to send in feedback. Jake's been carrying the the feedback segment for a few weeks now. Tate actually wrote in because I, I emailed everybody about the the game giveaway game, so I can get the get those sent out. And he he said he's been super busy, and it's it really has been a very busy time of year. So I'm I'm, I'm assuming that's why. Yeah, I haven't had much free much if any free time. So, 
If it's, the if it's the games that we have, we'll re-up to uh, Humble Monthly and get some new games in there. <laughs> yeah, they're not writing in feedback because they don't want to win the game giveaway. <laughs> that would be that would be pretty funny. <laughs> that would be really funny. You gotta, I'm telling you, you gotta temper the expectations. Start calling it uh, game giveaway from our pile of junk. Pile of junk. Yeah, it's not entirely pile of junk though. There's some games that I would add to my Steam library. In yeah, there. but it's it's mostly it's junk. mostly Let's junk. Yes, that's uh, that's fair. I'm gonna be honest. I want you guys to both go in there and find a game that you're like, this is a really good game that's left. I'll do it right now. Oh, I'm sure there's a bunch. I'm calling it. Calling it. I up. look. I go through the list because I help with the game giveaway. And oh, I'm that's like, true. Meh. Steam World Heist. Yeah. Okay. Um, Far Cry 3 Blood Dragon. That was so 2012. Yeah. Mirror's Edge is good. Um, Beginner's Guide. Galaxy. Okay. There's a, there's a couple. Warhammer and Times Roman Tide supposed to be good. Fez is still on there. The Swapper, right? The swapper's on there. That's one I sent out for for people. Punch Thomas Club's okay. Alone, Mirror's Edge, Outlast, on the Sea. Okay, you Mass, guys are right. Mass You're Effect right. Two, Half Minute Hero, The Second Coming, Banner Saga, Monaco. <laughs> come up a few times. Yeah, there's some okay stuff in yeah. there, but Rocket League's still on there, right? I don't, no, I don't think so. Last on the list. Oh wait, maybe I'm looking. Where do you have the most I, updated list? Uh, and on my uh, Evernote. Uh, Probably a lot so... of the games you have on yours are gone, Corey. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. So anyway, yeah. Uh, no feedback. So uh, next week's episode is going to be our E3 recap. Lots of stuff to cover, I'm sure. Um, that'll be Wednesday night as usual. After that, maybe... I don't know what, what days are. But I would like to do an episode on Outer Wilds. Uh, as for game purchases, at the end of this month, Mario Maker 2 is coming out, which I plan on playing a lot of. I'm really looking forward to that one. So, I'm hoping a few like indies pop, too, that I want to get, that I have to buy immediately. Yeah, I mean, I'm looking at it, and there doesn't seem to be too many. Like, I'm probably getting Mario Maker and maybe Crash Team Racing, but other than that... Yeah, it's a pretty... I feel like it's a pretty light summer so far. Uh, Nintendo is... has a game every month, which is good. Uh, Fire Emblem's coming out in July, and, and uh, Astral Chain is coming out in, in August, so that'll be good. I don't hate that it's been light either, though. Yeah. Been easier on the wallet. Definitely. So, I also think when Mario Maker the the Friday that Mario Maker comes out, I'll probably I'll probably stream that night. Um, build themed levels or something. Just because I'm really pumped about Mario Maker. Looks awesome. It really yeah. does. Yeah, I watched uh, the um, Digital Foundry footage on it and they were really impressed with with the the optimization of the different game engines and stuff on it even the old ones that how well well optimized they they looked on on the nintendo switch um 
and the Super Mario 3D World version is like a little bit different even. Like you have to make a specific Super Mario 3D World uh, levels. You can't do... You can't transition any of the older levels into the Mario 3D World one. Mm -hmm. It's its own separate thing, which is fine and cool. So, anything else, guys? No? I don't think so, no. Alright. I think that's everything. Uh, That'll do it for episode 411 of the Thumbstick Athletes Podcast. I'm your host, Dan. I'm Will. Corey. Thanks for listening, and get out of my basement. One, two, three, four...